Hello there, old and new friends. Welcome to Divine Musing episode 46, God the Good Giant. I am Destiny Rambo Corey, and I am so thankful that you have joined me for this journey into scripture, literature, poetry, and prayer as we view them through the light of transformation and growth. Here's something I've been thinking about lately. We begin with an excerpt from The Ballad of the White Horse by G.K. Chesterton. And well may God with the serving folk cast in his dreadful lot. Is not he too a servant, and is not he forgot? For was not God my gardener, and silent like a slave, that opened oaks on the uplands, or thicket in the graveyard gave? And was not God my armorer, all patient and unpaid, that sealed my skull as a helmet, and ribs for hauberk made? Did not a great gray servant of all my sires and me build this pavilion of the pines, and herd the fowls and fill the vines, and labor and pass and leave no signs save mercy and mystery? For God is a great servant and rose before the day from some primordial slumber torn, but all we living later born sleep on and rise after the morn, and the Lord has gone away. On things half sprung from sleeping, all sleeping suns have shone. They stretch stiff arms, the yawning trees, the beasts blink upon hands and knees. Man is awake and does and sees, but heaven has done and gone. For who shall guess the good riddle or speak of the holiest? save in faint figures and failing words, who loves yet laughs among the swords, labors and is at rest. But some see God like Guthrum, crowned with a great beard curled, but I see God like a good giant that laboring lifts the world. Since discovering this excerpt, I have read it probably a dozen times and get teary-eyed with each pass through these remarkable words. It passed the weep test. <laughs> I think the thing that resonates with me the most is the sheer closeness of the God whom Chesterton describes. He is both servant and gardener, an armorer and lover. He labors yet is at rest and though being a giant big enough to hold us all in his great hands, he's small enough to meet us where we are. I've been so struck lately by the reality that divine meets us right where we are, but in his great love refuses to leave us there. He ever perpetuates the truth of his goodness over our lives until we finally get it through our thick skulls that we can trust him. All throughout scriptures, we read these beautifully personal excerpts that feel as sacred as diaries. I often wonder when these pillars of our faith wrote down their innermost weaknesses, frustrations, and worries, if they could fathom that they would be read countless times throughout history after they had long crossed over into glory. 
I wonder if these prophets, priests, and kings realize that their journals, so to speak, would become doctrines and columns that the saints would build their faith upon. From the time I could write until I was about 16, I kept a diary every night. In our garage is a case of these books that document so much of my young existence. Every so often, I pull them out and flip through the pages and reflect. There is some pretty hilarious stuff in there, as well as some gut-wrenching memories that I don't like to revisit often. David, when David, sorry, when David wrote his Psalms of Agony, did he ever think that they would be read, much less shared with the masses? If he's anything like me, I think if he knew that would be the case, he might have held back a bit. I don't know. Either way, I'm sure glad that he didn't. He has helped so many of us give voice to the inner groanings of our hearts. Groaning that seemed unable to be encapsulated with our own words were suddenly seen leaping off the sacred pages to our aid. Whenever I find myself overwhelmed but without the words to vent the steam out myself, I turn so often to David's words in Psalm 69, 1-3. through Save me, O God. For the waters have threatened my life. They have come up to my neck. I have sunk in deep mire where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters where a flood overwhelms me. I am weary with my crying. My throat is parched. My eyes fail while I wait with confident expectation for my God. Then I flip over a few chapters to chapter 71, Verses 1 through 6. In you, O Lord, I have put my trust and confidently taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me and rescue me. Incline your ear to me and save me. Be to me a rock of refuge and a sheltering stronghold to which I may continually come. You have given the commandment to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Rescue me, O my God, from the hand of the wicked, godless, from the grasp of the unrighteous and ruthless man. For you are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust and the source of my confidence from my youth. Upon you I have relied and been sustained from my birth. You are he who took me from my mother's womb, and you have been my benefactor from that day. My praise is continually of you. God, the good giant, is so kind to meet us in the bog between the pages of our darkest nights. But unlike the big, clumsy giants of folklore, his hands are as delicate as a surgeon operating on a child's damaged teddy bear. His galaxy-sized hands meet us with a tender tug that elevates us out of the mire and above our circumstances. He earnestly and gently reads through the tear-stained pages of the diary of our hearts as his tears mix with our own on the parchment. He knows us loves us, and heals us. He sent his beloved son Jesus to walk beside us and guide us away from the chaos of the present and into the grace that is found glittering along the narrow path. He is the only being in the universe capable of being all things to all people. 
He arrives exactly where we need him and precisely when he means to. He sent Holy Spirit to envelop us through every storm and to be the burning lantern between our ribcage that lights the way home. Spirit who never ceases to swaddle us tightly in a weightless cloak embroidered with the name, comforter, and tongue of fire. He meets us where we are, but he never leaves us there. He's much too kind for that. His goodness ever passes before us as he whisks us up into the transforming dance of his graciousness and compassion. He tells Moses in Exodus chapter 33, verses 17 through 19, The Lord said to Moses, I will do this thing that you have asked, for you have found favor, loving kindness, and mercy in my sight, and I have known you personally by name. Then Moses said, Please show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. For I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show compassion, loving kindness on whom I will show compassion. If you are in a place where the pages of your life reflect more tears than laughter, If you need divine to meet you where you are and help you to move forward, then why don't we pray this prayer together? Divine creator, you sent your son Jesus to show us the way. And as he is the perfect extension of your goodness, we look to him to guide us. This world is weighty and confusing and we are seeking your help to make it through. Meet us in our frailties and show us that to be vulnerable before you is the first step to lifelong change and transformation. You are so kind to always meet us where we are and to be exactly what we need before we even know that need ourselves. No matter what we face in this life, we know that you are with us and for that reason, we are not afraid. In Jesus' beloved name, amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I will leave you with one more excerpt from G.K. Chesterton, this time from his phenomenal book, Orthodoxy. And as I close this chaotic volume, I open again the strange small book from which all Christianity came, and I am again haunted by a kind of confirmation. The tremendous figure which fills the Gospels towers in this respect, as in every other, above all the thinkers who ever thought themselves tall. His pathos was natural, almost casual. The Stoics, ancient and modern, were proud of concealing their tears. He never concealed his tears. He showed them plainly on his open face at any daily sight such as the far sight of his native city. Yet he concealed something. Solemn supermen and imperial diplomatists are proud of restraining their anger. He never restrained his anger. He flung furniture down the front steps of the temple and asked men how they expected to escape the damnation of hell. Yet he restrained something. I say it with reverence. There was in that shattering personality a thread that must be called shyness. There was something that he hid from all men when he went up to the mountain to pray. 
there was something that he covered constantly by abrupt silence or impetuous isolation. There was some one thing that was too great for God to show us when he walked upon our earth. And I've sometimes fancied that it was his mirth. I hope this musing has given you a little something to think about too. Thank you so much for joining me today for Divine Musing. For more information, head over to www.rambocory.com. I would love to connect with you on social media. You can find me at facebook.com forward slash destiny makes music or on Instagram and Twitter at Des Rambo Music.